The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We got the NBA Finals coming to an end, possibly sooner rather than later, and we have the NFL Week 5 schedule all things are moving, but uh, as we've been doing during the NFL season, I think we should just start with the power rankings. You are, by the way, listening to the functional, uh, function, the functional sportsaholic with Sean and Sam. Uh, but what I'm going to do, as I typically do, is I'm going to start off with these power rankings. I'm going to go in reverse order this week. I'm just going to give you a power 13 here. Uh, there's really 13 teams I want to mention, so we're going to go that route, um, and we're going to start with number 13, the New Orleans Saints. At two and two, the reason I do not have them inside the top ten just yet is, look, I, I when they coming into the season, I think they were my co-favorites along with the Seattle Seahawks and the, um, well, just the two of them, and now you have to include, I think, the Green Bay Packers into that list. The New Orleans Saints were. Um, we're looking good, but they dropped a game to the Packers. They dropped a game to the Raiders. And frankly, these were games that they were still adjusting as an offense without Michael Thomas. When Michael Thomas comes back, I think they're going to be a stronger team as a result of that. The defense isn't playing up to its potential just yet. I want to see the Saints defense play a little bit better. I know that they have the pedigree, but we need to see it on the field. This is 2020. I'm not going to give them a boost just because they've been um, consistently the best team in the conference for the last like five years. I want to see it this year, but I'm pretty confident that we're, they're going to be inching their way up to the uh, to the top 10, top five by the end of the season. Number 12 on this list, a team that is putting it together on the paper right now is the Cleveland Browns 3-1. and one. I've watched their games. Their running attack is for real. Stefanski has done exactly what I thought he would do for this offense. I hate that Nick Chubb got hurt. I don't love that Dak Prescott basically ran rough shot through this <laughs> through this entire Cleveland Browns secondary in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the Cleveland Browns, they're for real. They're going to get a lot of one-on-one looks with Odell Beckham, who's really talented. I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback for this Cleveland Browns team, but they are built. Their defense is getting better. Their offensive line is great. They can run the football. This is a team that's built to play playoff football. My big question for the Browns is, man, can Baker Mayfield get it done? We will see as the season progresses. Number 11 on this list, they drop slightly as the Los Angeles Rams. They're 3-1. and one. Look, man, they should have put the Giants away. Credit the Giants for playing a tough defensive game. But for the Rams, there's a lot of good teams in the NFL this year, man. The, the Rams need to put teams like that away. Uh, they won the game. That's ultimately what matters. Every team kind of lays an egg. Heck, the Patriots barely beat the Los Angeles Chargers in Justin Herbert's first start. Uh, but, you know, the Los Angeles Rams, I want to see more. They play the Washington football team this week. Uh, if they win convincingly, of course, they'll shoot up in these rankings. Number 10 on this list is the Tennessee Titans, who at this point are 3-0. and My concern with them, um, outside of, of course, you know, they're going to have different little hot spots of, of you know, pandemic-type stuff, and they might have multiple games now delayed. Uh, the Tennessee Titans... Um, their defense isn't playing as well as I thought it would to begin the season. I like Vrabel as a coach. I think they will get things moving in the right direction there. But for the Tennessee Titans to be any higher in this list, I got to see that. I, I I don't want to talk about potential. I want to see it. We're four games into the season for the Titans. We're three games into the season. I need to see it on the field now. Uh, Tennessee, they are set to play the Pittsburgh Steelers again. Um, I was hoping to see that matchup last week. I know everybody was. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, who are they going to face off with? I have it written down here. If you could just give me... One little second here. The Buffalo Bills, that's a massive matchup, but we not, might not even get to see it. And the Tennessee Titans, they're not even able to open the facilities to practice for this game. It's a nightmare scenario, but I don't think it's the last time we're going to see this in the NFL this season. 
Tennessee Titans for now 3-0. Again, I'm not docking him because of, you know, they're getting games postponed, but their defense needs to play a little better. Maybe having two weeks of extra practice, the coaches can get things moving in the right direction. Number nine on my list is the New England Patriots. They're 2-2. Two two. They're the only 2-2 two two team on this list. And why is that? Because their two losses were on the last play of the game. They couldn't punch it in the end zone against Seattle Seahawks, who I love, and they're still my NFC favorites and my NFC prediction to, to get to the Super Bowl. And uh, they also lost to the Kansas City Chiefs without Cam Newton. And that game could have even gone in the Chiefs' direction. Or, I'm sorry, the Patriots' direction. I'm not freaking out about two losses. They had two, in my opinion, very good losses. They were in the game. This team could easily be 4-0 with wins over the Seahawks and the Chiefs. Uh, so, look, their defense is good. They can run the ball. I like the Patriots and what they're doing. Number eight on this list, the Indianapolis Colts, 3-1. and Their defense is probably the best in the league. Better, I think, right now than the Patriots' defense is. Although, to me, they're neck and neck. Uh, the offense this is a team a Colts team that probably would have made the playoffs certainly would have made a deep run last season before Andrew Luck decided to retire and uh, travel Europe I had called the uh, the Colts to make the AFC championship game so they have talent on both sides of the ball that loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars was a shocker to begin the season, but that's a game really they should have won. They were moving the ball with reckless abandon. Phillip Rivers um, threw an interception. I think they went for it, and they they didn't get uh, punch it into the end zone, and they turned the ball over on downs. Either one of those things doesn't happen. The Colts are 4-0, so I'm not going to worry about that Jacksonville Jaguars win. They've had impressive performances since then. Number seven on my list, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I still think Ben Roethlisberger shaking off some rust. Um, that game postponement last week actually probably helped Helps the Steelers. They get a little bit more healthy. Ben Roethlisberger gets a little bit more time to practice and work on timing with his receivers, his very talented receiving group. Uh, I like this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And the defense, by the way, hasn't been playing up to their potential. Um, they are Brad and the other podcast pick to make the uh, the Super Bowl, if you can believe that. I think the Steelers are going to make a deep run. They're undefeated and not playing their best football, and that's a big deal. Number six on my list, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost the first week of the season to the New, uh, New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady did not look like he was on the same page with his receivers that started to turn in week two weeks three and um week four he's looked great they're three and one defense is stronger than it was last year. I know the Chargers put up a lot of points, but this defense is legit, everybody. Number five, the Baltimore Ravens. They are 3-1. and one. Their lone loss to the Chiefs. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the big deal here is, you know, the, the passing. I've seen Lamar Jackson. He's taking shots downfield, which is important whether or not you complete them, just to keep the defenses honest. I like Marquise Brown. I want to see Devin DuVernay on the other side opposite Marquise Brown. I'm kind of sick of Boykin. I'm kind of sick of uh, Sneed. I want to see Boykin and DuVernay. I'm sorry, Brown and DuVernay unleash that speed on the outsides. It'll open even more stuff up over the middle. But here's the deal with Ravens. Everybody knows this. Ravens fans, you have to admit this. If you're down by two scores in the fourth quarter, uh, this isn't the type of game that the Ravens win. The Ravens win by going up and playing ball control and running it down people's throats. There are going to be teams like, I think, the Chiefs and like the Seahawks and maybe like the Packers as well that will score points um, in droves. And they can come back if they're down um, by a couple scores to the Ravens. And if they go up in an early lead, that spells trouble for the Ravens. So the Ravens, and specifically Lamar Jackson, have to prove to me that they can bring a team back um, when they're losing by a lot. Number four, the Buffalo Bills. I've been calling uh, the Buffalo Bills this year's version of last year's Baltimore Ravens. 4-0. and um, 
look, you know, you could argue that they should be higher than uh, number four on this list, but the deal is this. Uh, Josh Allen, he's really impressive uh, throwing to the outside. He used uh, he used Cole Beasley, he used Devin Singletary a little bit more um, to work the middle of the field. I think that's important too, and the Bills can do that. Their Bill, uh, The Buffalo Bills defense isn't even playing up to their potential yet, so they're going to get even better uh, as well. But my issue is when Buffalo is down, and we saw this versus the Rams after the phantom uh, interception and, and that stuff uh, kind of changed the momentum. Josh Allen, as a young quarterback, tends to press a little bit. Now, this was my ultimate criticism last year. I will say this. He's gotten a lot better, okay? But he still presses a little bit. I will say this. Brian Dable is a fantastic coach, does a great job of settling him down. Buffalo, to me, is a team that can beat you in a 13-10 to game. They're a team that can beat you in a 35-34 to game. They can win multiple ways. Josh Allen, I think, needs to mature to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but they are a Super Bowl threat this season. So I don't want to underscore him and what they're doing. And I like Josh Allen in his brand of football a little bit better than where Lamar Jackson is at this point. Josh Allen can run. He doesn't wow you like Lamar Jackson does with his speed, but he can run people over like a Cam Newton did, you know, back in the day. And he's more precise passer than Cam Newton was. He's really elevated this Buffalo Bills team. If you haven't watched them yet, um, they are for real, everybody. You need to get on this bandwagon quick because it is leaving without you. Number three on this list, the Seattle Seahawks. I moved them down one spot. And the reason I did this is specifically because their defense and their secondary, they're giving up your points and yardage. Now, I know they've had injuries. I know they've had ejections. I know that this, I know what, um, I know what potential this unit has. I get it. Okay. So if you're a Seahawks fan, you think they should be ranked higher. I get it. I know the potential. I've watched the games. I believe in this defense, but we're in week four now. We're in the quarter way through the season. I want to see it on the field. I want to see the Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks defense tighten the noose around teams and stop people from passing um, over them so much. The offense is a Super Bowl winning offense. We know that. The defense, I believe they will ratchet it up. I believe they will be the NFC representative, um, but I want to see it on tape. Now, a team that is putting it on film is the Green Bay Packers, my number two team at 4-0. You could make the argument they're playing the best football in the uh, in the conference. It doesn't matter if Devontae Adams is out. It doesn't matter if um, Alan uh, Lazard is out. The Green Bay Packers are so good. Their play calling has taken a next step. The second year of this offensive system has really jumped forward. The defense is better than you think it is. I know they've given up some points to some teams, but you know, really they've been letting their foot off the gas and they've been uh, keeping, they've been the, the, bend, the classic bend, don't break type defense with the leads in the fourth quarter. This is a team that can challenge everybody. They are a legit Super Bowl threat. I was very critical of them in the offseason and not getting another receiver. Well, Alan Lazard to me looks fantastic, way better than he looked last year. And the Packers organization must have knew, known that and projected it. So kudos to the Packers and what they've done because they're playing great football right now. Let's see if they can keep it going. Um, you know, at this point, the NFC to me are co-favorites would be the Packers and the Seahawks for the Kansas city chiefs at number one. Uh, they are to me sleepwalking through the regular season and they're still four and and they have wins over the Ravens. Uh, they didn't sleep to walk through that game, but, um, and you can't really even sl- say they slept, walk through the Patriots. I know they got that, uh, that, that favorable call, the sack, the strip fumble, the interception, whatever you want to call that. But the Kansas city chiefs four and they're not playing their best football either. So to me, it, th- these top five, um, even in top six, at this point, Buccaneers, Ravens, Bills, Seahawks, Packers, Chiefs, and I'll throw the Patriots in there as well. These teams, we have not seen the best of them. The Steelers, we haven't seen the best out of them. The Colts, we haven't seen the best out of them. Their offense is still trying to figure it out. The Titans, we haven't seen the best out of them. Their defense needs to figure it out. Um, you know, the Saints, obviously, Michael Thomas has been out when he's back in. All of these teams on this, basically, this top 13 um, can get better. 
So it's all about which coaching staffs can get their players to play because I like a lot of teams this year. This Super Bowl threat list to me at this point goes 10 deep, actually 11, 12 deep to me. Um, with respect to the Browns, I just don't think they're a Super Bowl threat, but everybody else on this list, it would not shock me to see them uh, win the Super Bowl this year. It's fantastic. Again, I'm going to read those Super Bowl threat teams off in order, uh, well, not in any order, but the Saints, the Rams, the Titans, the Patriots, the Colts, the Steelers, the Buccaneers, the Ravens, the Bills, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Chiefs, any of those teams from the Super Bowl, I am not shocked. So um, it's going to be a fun season. We're a quarter of the way through it. My quarter of the season MVP is Russell Wilson. Um, you can make the argument for Josh Allen. You can make the argument for uh, for Aaron Rodgers as well. But I'm going to go with Josh Allen. What the hey? But anyway, hey, uh, those are my power rankings. Uh, for those on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. Who would be in your top 10? Who are your Super Bowl threats? Who's your Super Bowl winning threat list? Um, I don't care how, you know, if it's five, if it's 10, tell me who do you think can win the Super Bowl this year? What team, if they won, wouldn't shock you? Yeah, and uh, and just let us know. But let's bring Sam on. And Sam, before we really get rolling here, I, I got to ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on all the time? Every day, buddy. Every day. What do you need to do uh, when you t- need to take a moment to chill? What do you do? And how do you hit that reset button to get ready for what's next? For me, it's popping a Coors Light all day. All day, I'm uploading, I'm recording, I'm, I'm going on YouTube, I'm submitting podcasts and all that. And on top of that, I got some kitties to take care of. I got some housework to take care of. There's a list of honeydews. At the end of the day, all I want to do is just sit in front of the TV, pop a Coors Light, and chill. And for me, everybody knows this who's been following this show for a long time, right? For me, it's football. Football is therapy. It's uninterrupted me time. And it's and more than anything, it's an excuse to chill and drink beer. It's great, right? So with minimal college football teams playing this year, Coors Light wants fans to know there are still plenty of teams and sports out there to follow and allow them to relax and enjoy a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team and just drink beer. I love it. So Look, you know, Coors, uh, the cold lager process, I love it. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for that moment to unwind. So everybody out there, Coors Light, it's the one I choose when I need to unwind. And so when you need to hit that reset button, I can't say this and, and, and say this strongly enough. Reach for the beer that's made to chill. It's Coors Light. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Everybody celebrate responsibly. Always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The wait is finally over. Football's in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager on than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures. This week has a lot going on. Obviously, we're coming to a close in the NBA season, but there's still NFL, and yes, there is still college, so get in on it. Bet online, everybody visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST1 for your sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and uh, Sean and Sam are back. We have the Los Angeles Lakers up 3-1 to one over the Miami Heat. Sam, how you doing, buddy? 
What is up, buddy? Trying to get through the longest week of my life, it seems. <laughs> What's going on with you? You working? Oh, it's not even that bad. It's just, yeah, man, it's just crazy. I I thought it was Friday and it's Wednesday. And it's, just, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird space to be in. So yeah, we have uh, we're we're getting some work done on the house, you know. So we get contractors in and out. My dog is going crazy. Like my dog does. You know, you know, Lucy, yeah. Lucy, the dog. Uh, she does not do well with strangers in the house, not because she's protective, but because she has this internal need to be pet and rubbed on the belly. And if she's not being pet and rubbed on the belly by everybody who's in the house simultaneously at one time, she just goes crazy. Um, really honestly, she should be on like, uh, whatever, uh, anxiety medication dogs go on like puppy Ritalin or whatever, not Ritalin, I guess it would be like Z- puppy Xanax or something. She's um she's she's just nuts. So we have her with the TV on at high volume in the bedroom right now, hoping that she doesn't hear. But I know she's smelling them. You know, it's a dog. You know, she's smelling these these laborers. Oh, she's a great dog too, man. She just she loves she loves getting the, the pets. She is. I've never I've never really encountered a dog quite like her. In that, I mean, she really wants to crawl under your skin. Like all yeah, she wants. She can't get close enough. <laughs> she can't. She can't get close enough. I've never seen this in a dog. I've seen dogs that like like to be lap dogs and pet and everything. Yeah. I've never seen a dog like thrust her back into your chest and her her snout into your neck and just push and push and push. It's crazy. It's crazy. She's yeah. a sweet dog. She's very lovable. Very lovable dog. Interesting breed too. So it's uh she perpetually looks like a puppy. She's like ten now, dude. Ten or eleven. I can't believe that. She's, but she acts. She still acts. I mean, she's a little bit. She doesn't pee every time somebody comes over anymore out of excitement. So at least those days are behind us. But she still acts like a pop, dude. She's, uh, she's funny. When we let her like outside and stuff, um, especially if we get cooped up, because she's mostly you know an inside dog. We let her out. She just runs like the wind in the backyard, <laughs> galloping, galloping like a greyhound or a mighty steed. It's funny. Like she runs at like eighty miles an hour too, and like always clips. Always like just barely misses one of my kids. I'm like, it always looks like she's gonna like knock him down, like Terry Tate, the linebacker from those old commercials. Yeah, yeah, dude. But she's uh, she's all right. Yeah, man. So uh, let's just start with NBA. Um, we got uh, we got three to one. You called Lakers in five from the get. So you're one uh, one one game away from that being the case. What are you seeing in the NBA Finals, my man? Oh, man. Uh, you know Miami played about as well as they could have. You know in uh, game three and um you know obviously came away with the win you know i've just said you know i think the lakers they they have too many things good going for them um lebron's looking strong ad's looking strong they're getting some good production from their their other guys which which is what they need um and yeah i'm still gonna say lakers are five then they're making me look good because I called Lakers in the beginning of the year before all this crazy yeah. stuff and everything, and you know, um, and it looks like this it's going to go that way. So, making me making me look good, LeBron. Yeah, no, man, they're making and the Heat are making you look good too. Considering that when we got into the bubble, you called the Heat and you stuck with the Lakers, and then when they got to the finals, you said Lakers in five, and we're a game away from making that happen. I mean, you can't can't get any better than that. You're knocking uh, N- NBA out of the park um, like I used to knock the NFL out of the park. But frankly, look, NFL uh, this year is... <laughs> this is exactly why I tell everybody on YouTube, by the way, youtube.com slash the underdog, why I tell everybody on YouTube and why I tell everybody on the podcast and everything, I was not playing in any of the major tournaments this year. Because it's just nuts. Yeah, it is it's a weird year. It's nuts. a weird, weird year, man. And, you know, 
you've already seen it, you know, I mean, I guess we'll get into that, but with all the games being po- postponed and players being out and we're just hitting the tip of this, I think it's, you know, we're going to continue to see this stuff go, but. Well, uh, look, we've been saying, this is no surprise to me. Um, so I write the Fantasy Football Almanac. If you're like the three or four people out there that are picking up this show for the first time and listening, you know, I write the Fantasy Football Almanac. Most of the people that, that follow this know this, right? Because we talk about it and I promote it so much during, <laughs> during the Fantasy Football season. But, you know, this is one of the tenets of the book this season. It's like, this is going to be the year, the weirdest year of football in our lives. And again, wherever you sit politically on this, and, and it's, by the way, it's not political. I'm so sick of this. It's not a political thing. People are dying. And, and, and I'm sorry, and I just got to go on this tangent here. When the initial projections came out and they said, you know, 50 to 150,000 people, one political group in this company laughed it off and said it's not going to happen. Then the projections were like you know, 150 to 200,000 people, and people laughed it off, and they said it was never going to happen. And where are we at right now? It's math, people. It's math. It's measurable. It's absolutely ridiculous that we're in this situation right now. And it's ridiculous because we're letting everybody, we're letting our society down because everybody wants to puff out their, their chest and, and act like it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. And I'll say this, the people that are that are most in line with, you know, puffing their chest out and not wearing masks and talking about civil liberties and all this crap, these are the same people that will go to church on Sunday and say they're Christian, but when it comes to actually practicing what they preach, they completely miss the mark. If you're one of these people out there that think that lives don't matter and that people with medical conditions, they don't matter, and that if they're not strong enough physically to survive, if you're one of these people out there and you believe in a heaven and hell, there will be a reckoning. Because when, when, when and I do believe in a heaven and hell, not that I'm going to go on a big religious tangent here, but I believe that we're going to have to answer for our actions. And when I'm being asked, hey, during the pandemic, did you do everything you could to protect, protect the weaker people in your population? My answer is yes. What's yours? What's your answer? When you're facing the consequences, the, the eternal consequences, what's your answer to this question? Did you do everything you could to help people when you were in need? You're going to say no. Or you're going to make up some excuse. Excuses don't work in that scenario. So you need to really think about what you're doing and stop being such a piece of shit. So anyway, there's my little tangent. I love That's it. my rant. Oh, man, it's These people out here. It's not, it's not just affecting, you know... Uh, it's affected everything. If we would have just done what the scientists said to do, this whole thing, our economy, everything would have been back up and running, you know, by, by June. People keep calling this you know? a sham. People keep right. calling this a sham like it's a big conspiracy, which is complete BS as well. Like Europe, hello, Europe did what you were supposed to do. They've been open for months. The only reason this is persisting is because the stupid people out there that don't want to wear masks are calling this a hoax. It's not a hoax. Just wear the mask for a month and it goes away. And then nobody has to deal with it anymore. That's always been the case. It's been the case in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and now September and October. Right. That when is the case. Home, right. When they said stay home and we're going to close things down, they should have done that. You know, They should have done that. It's and it's getting – it, it is. And I said from the get-go, we're going to lose 300,000 people in this country. And it's going to be more than that. Yeah, it will. It, it, it will be more than that. And um, we're about to hit flu season. It's going to get awful. Um, 
And, you know, we're also going to hit the big family gathering season, and it's going to get awful. And a lot of nanas and pop pops are they're they're going to die. You know, it's just it's 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 abhorrent. It is vile that people will not wear a mask. It is the easiest thing to do. Like it, we're not asking for you to give us a check for fifty bucks. You know, I'm not asking for money. And 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 you know the people in the nursing homes are not asking for money. They're not asking for anything other than hey. Just be a decent human being. And you know what's crazy to me too, man? Is that, you know, all these people that, again, it's, 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 the, it's the mouth breathers, it's the jabronis out there that are puffing their chest out and thinking like, uh, I'm not going to get sick. And it's always, of course, as we've gone on to on the show, hey, the mask, well, the mask, I don't even know, is it going to protect me? It's all about me, 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 me. Think about this. Think about this. Open yourself up to the possibility that you're wrong. Nobody's even willing to try. Right. And why, why aren't we willing to try? Because the leadership, and I will say on both sides of the aisle, the leadership on both sides, Republicans and, and Democrats, are so reflexively, um, they just instinctively go to argue whatever the other side is doing. And people not going out to vote, exercising their right to vote, like all this stuff, it's... it's you know, it's easy to point fingers at the, the Democrats and the Republicans, and it's especially easy. And again, this is the, the jabroni life, right, of both the Democrats and Republicans. Everybody always says it's the Republicans' fault or the Democrats' fault. It's not. It's the voters' fault. Because one, you don't show up to the polls and you complain. And two, the people that you elect are the people that rebel rouse, you know? And we have the rebel rouser of all rebel rousers in the White House. But it's not only that. Like, if people know how a government works, it's not only the president. Like, you have to really go out of your way and be a bad president to screw stuff up, and I believe he has. Because, again, if he just took some leadership and talked to the cult, yeah. talked to his right. red hat cult and said, wear a mask, if he just did that, then this would have been a done deal in March. But he didn't. But he didn't. Anyway, back to the NFL. So this has always been a nightmare because what you get, what you're getting here is, I will say this, like the NFL, I was fairly, I was confident in what the NFL was doing to mitigate some of this stuff uh, in May and June. Like they were talking about trying to do a bubble. They, were, they even floated the idea of moving the NFL season to Singapore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was like, that was, that's just never going to work. You got too many, you got um, three, over 3,000 people not including families traveling, you know, between coaches, players, active rosters, all this stuff. There's no way they're going to put 3,000 people in a bubble. It's just not going to work for five or six months. Um, although that would have been the only real way to, to make sure that it, it would operate like the NBA and we wouldn't get any delays. But the NFL is, you got the biggest rosters of any professional sport. And you have the most physical contact outside of maybe the NBA, of any professional sport. And I would say probably more because even when you're not physically contacting people, like the NBA, you post up players, but there's a lot of running back and forth. You know, they run a lot um, and they're, they're, they're spread out. And the NFL, the offensive and defensive line, they're all, they're all within the socially distant. They're all within like six feet, you know? Right. right. Um, so like, it's impossible. So when somebody tests positive and you saw Stefan Gilmore for the new England Patriots tested positive uh, today, or yesterday or something like that. And Cam Newton goes out and all that. What's, what, I'm sorry, but that's the way this works. Again, you have to believe in math and you have to believe in statistics. A lot of people don't. By the way, Sam, like when I went to grade school, right, 
and I was in, let's call it um, seventh grade, um, seventh grade math, algebra, whatever it is. And, you know, you're thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to be able to use this for the rest of my life? And you always hear the, the students that are complaining about homework. I'm never going to use this and all that stuff. And I was just like, well, I mean, me, of course, as like a 12 or 13 year old, I'm thinking, well, you got to be able to budget and balance a checkbook and yada, yada, yada. So you're going to use some of it. And so like all this stuff. And I was good at math. You know that. Um, yeah, you were. Yeah. It, it, but what's interesting is where we are as a country, a lot of people have not really progressed past that that basic addition of subtraction. I don't think we've gone to multiplication. <laughs> I don't. I don't. People don't believe statistics. How do you don't believe in statistics? Everybody loves daily fantasy football analytics and fantasy football analytics. But when it comes to health, we, uh, statistics don't matter, right? <laughs> Right. When it, when it comes to, hey, am I going to project how many how many rushing yards is Lamar Jackson going to have this year? Hey, let's look at the data. Let's get into the statistics. How many people are going to die of coronavirus? Oh, statistics, come on. It's a sham. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they don't work. Statistics only apply to sports. That's where we are as a country. Statistics only matter in sports, <laughs> and they only matter when you're making stock picks. But when it comes to health and disease spread, statistics do not count for anything. It's a sham. Morons. Idiots. Jabronis. 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 What happens when the health mixes with the sports? Well, and at that <laughs> at that point, when, when health statistics, like what, what's going on with the Tennessee Titans at this point, the only reasonable explanation is the Democrats are somehow, somehow infiltrating the NFL to sway the election. That is the only possible scenario. Yeah, of right? course. And people, of course. people believe it. People believe that garbage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That's like in our group text when when Cam Newton when Cam Newton tested positive last week. You know my response, and I want to I want to make this plain for everybody who's listening to this because I know some people don't understand it. Sarcasm. If you don't know what sarcasm is, look it up in a dictionary. You know, watch some YouTube videos. Try to get an understanding what sarcasm is. But what I did was I um, I texted the group and I said, "Well, what are the liberals playing at here?" Why are they giving Cam Newton coronavirus, or why is, or or is, or, or does he not have it? Is he in cahoots with the Biden campaign? Could that be it? I don't know. I don't know. But the Tennessee Titans, I think it's funny because, of course, Tennessee—that's um—that's a typical Bible Belt state, so they got to be going crazy in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and they just the, the positive tests keep trickling in. That's why I said from the get that this ten-day NFL, you know, incubation period is a joke. The scientists say 14 days for a reason, and I would say that, you know, they say that the 14-day window is like what, you probably know better than me, but it's like 98, 90% effective. There's still an outlier that might, you know, the incubation period might be 17 days or something like that, but you knock it out. But the thing is, in the NFL, because of the physical contact and everybody, not only are they close and breathing and all that stuff, but their sweat is getting on everybody else, which is also infectious. The NFL is a special animal. That 1% could infect the whole league. <laughs> so it's um, outside of a bubble, we were always going to see issues. I still maintain that we're just, it's going to spread. <laughs> I'm so, I, I was very surprised that we got through um, two weeks initially with it in a training camp. But once travel, you know, players, you know, they're young guys. They're, they're on a business, quote unquote, business trip, right? The NFL, what are they doing in that hotel room? They're probably going on social media, seeing what what's what. So the NFL has now rebounded, and they said that um, they said that um, you know th- there's going to be new policies in place, and if they can prove a, a breach of protocol by a team, there's going to be forfeitures instead of game cancellations, which I'm all for. You know, you got to be responsible. 
And you, in the NFL, you got 100 people and traveling there. You got to be 100% accountable. That's the only way you preserve the season. And the NFL does not want to want to F with its money, you know? And that's what's happening. We're, we're screwing with the money. And we can't, we can't drop out of a Super Bowl. And it's a real shame that we didn't get New England Patriots with Cam Newton versus Kansas City. Yeah. It's a shame that we didn't get that. And we don't want a Super Bowl with, um, um, you know, I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for Kansas City, but the backup quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs versus, you know, the backup quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks or Nick mm-hmm. Mullins in the San Francisco 49ers in the big rematch versus the Kansas City. We don't want that. And that's what we're facing here. And people are still you know, saying sham and this and this and this and the hoax and hoax. Let me say this. For the vast majority of things, the simplest solution is is what is going on. The simplest explanation is what's going on. Is it possible that there's really a nasty flu going around? And is it possible that if we just wear the masks, it'll go away? Why is it? To, why does it have to be this elaborate, stupid hoax stuff? And why does it have to be this hoax and I'm not wearing a mask and it's all a hoax and it's all fake? I, I, the the mainstream media is is inflating death numbers and this and that. Come on, everybody. This isn't America, man. This is some this is some garbage. And it's it, it's society's fault. All we have to do is go out and exercise our our really our civic duty to vote. It's so easy. They've never made it easier. You can go vote now. I'm voting this week. It's so easy. Now, I will say this. It's not easy for some minorities in some counties because I do believe that there's a concerted, you know, voter intimidation still exists. And I don't like gerrymandering either for either political party's benefit. It's just disgusting, man. This this party politic crap that we live in is disgusting. Politics are disgusting. Disgusting thing, man. It's a shame. It's a shame now. You know, we're we're taught all this stuff through school, like how to act and how to be and how things are supposed to run. And then you get older and you realize the whole thing's just bullshit. It is. You know, like it's just. It is. It's know, it's garbage. It's, and I don't yeah. think I don't. We said on the show too, too. I don't think it's I don't think it's ever. You know, I don't think it's always. Or let me say this. I think it's always been a problem. But the 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 worst part now is social media has given so many morons a voice. And nobody even is like has to fact check or anything like that anymore. And like unnamed sources now for these, you know, far right and far left publications, unnamed sources are just made up. I believe that's happening. Sure. Right. If I want to write an article um, and I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do this, but, you know, I'm not an idiot. But if I if I had one of these places and I wanted to be, um, um, you know, I wanted to write something incendiary and all this stuff, I'm just like, eh, I'm just going to unnamed source. I'm the unnamed source. I'm just going to make it up. And so, like, when, when Trump comes out here and he's talking about, I know what he's doing. So, like, let's let's be honest about this. I know what he's doing. And he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's doing this to serve his own purposes because that's been his thing his whole life. But I, I do think he has a point. Like, unnamed sources and all that stuff. I don't, I, I know how journalism works. I don't think we should get rid of unnamed sources and all that stuff. But there is a lack of accountability. And I wouldn't say it's from the, the Washington Post's or you know, whatever news organizations. I would say it's from these weird blogs. These conspiracy theory blogs on both the right and the left are really junking up the public spectrum. It's scary, man, to me. Like, we're... You know, unfortunately... I mean, Sam, you and me are in the quote-unquote the safe demographic, if you know what I mean. 
You know, we're white men. So it's not going to get bad for us. But there's a lot of people that are being underserved in this country, and it's a damn shame. The damn shit. It is, man. It is, man. It's just, it's just, it's caring for human beings. And I can't believe that, like, that's, like, still an issue. Like, it's getting worse. Yeah, it's getting worse. It's slid back considerably over the last decade. And we've said it on this show before. I think it really coincides with social media. I really do. Because it's never, it's never given people more confidence in being bad people. So I, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm in favor of regulating social media at this point. I don't know how to do it, but we can't let we can't as a society keep letting. Um, we're giving people easy outs in terms of like let's be a part of a hate group. And yes, there are conservative and liberal groups that are both problems. So I want to be clear about that too. I'm right in the middle politically. Mm-hmm. There are problems on both sides of the aisle here. And we can't give society an easy out of like, let me go on this message board and I'm going to be safe here and I'm just going to talk to people that agree with me and everybody else is the enemy. That is the opposite of of what society should be. But it is exactly the worst of humanity and why we have countries and borders and wars and murders and all that stuff. This is... It's just a microcosm. It's the digital, it's a digital proof of how awful humans can be. And I don't, and, I, and it's really a small percentage. It's a small sliver of humans, but it can affect the whole thing like a virus. It's disgusting. I hate it. Well, and, and the thing is, is it's a small percentage, but there's a lot, there's a bigger percentage that turns their eye to it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's a small percentage of people that actually believe. And feel these things, but then there's another bigger percentage of people that are like, just kind of excuse it. And I think that's almost, almost worse. Yeah. Like I said, to me, it's all about vote. It's all about the vote and people don't exercise their right to vote. And, uh, and you gotta, you gotta stop pointing the finger and looking in the mirror, I think. Um, because I don't care where you fall politically. Like I, look, I get it. I mean, People that, that are voting for Trump, first of all, I think a lot of people are uneducated, but you know, they're rich people. I mean, it, it, it benefits them personally. I've never been a, a voter that is like, let me see which candidate does the best for me. My my theory is always what candidate will do the best for the country because what's best for the country ultimately improves the country, right? What's best for me doesn't necessarily improve the country. So I've always felt, again, it's a civic duty, but um, yeah, it's wild. I have officially run out of gas. So on that note, a very somber note, um, let me say this. Go register to vote. I don't care which side of the aisle you're you're on. I don't care where you're going to vote. But just register to vote and and do your civic duty. Figure out a way. You know, if you don't do the mail-in ballot thing, I'm not even going to argue that. The mail-in ballot thing actually seems pretty shady to me too. All right? I I really, you know, it's, it's weird. But go out and early vote. At least go do that. Come on. Come on, people, do your job. As Bill Belichick would say, do your job. All right, everybody, hey, try to be good to one another. Let's try to protect our fellow man and woman and whatever gender people identify with, I guess. Be good. Welcome to the podcast. Functional sports are on it. Sam and Sean, who they be. Sports in real life. They got real lives, better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast, cause you might get put on blast.
Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And they build the NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, old town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sportsaholic, Sam and Sean, who they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast.